praise and worship. Well, guess what? I haven't been here the past month. I'm either at the nursing home where I was out one Sunday seeing Peyton over at uh, um, taking him to Fort Jackson, but uh, where he's stationed at right now. And so, but God has been dealing with me, myself, on praise and worship and on why, we, why, why do I come here for, how long did we sing this morning? 20 minutes maybe? To give praise back to Him. Well, that shouldn't be the only time that I'm giving praise back to my God. And, and a lot of times, if we don't watch it, it is. And we've talked about it, and Gary's talked about it, Pat and J.J., and, and I'm not trying to just drive it in the ground or say anything different than what they've said, but it's an important part in our life. And the first thing we've got to realize, it's not about me. It's not about the perfect song and, how, and who's singing it and, and us standing down there saying, well, I really don't, really don't like how they sing that. I'm not going to get into praise and worship. It's, it's the words in the song. You know, at, at the cross, at the cross where I surrendered my life. You know, you don't, have, you don't have to sit there and sing it. Just listen to it. Listen to the words that they're singing. And know that that's truth in our life, and that that's where it all began. That's where the blood come down. That's where everything is equal at the foot of the cross. It doesn't matter that I'm up here and you're sitting here listening, or vice versa. It's it's it, we're all the same at the foot of the cross. That's where we all had to go to get redemption for our life. And so, I've been guilty in here in church, in our church, and and songs that I know since I've been here since 1987 when we started, and sang. And sometimes we still sing the same songs. And, you know, I'll come in here on a Wednesday night, and I've told my pastor and my dad this, and, and others have felt the same way. I'm like, ah, I do not want to sing this tonight. This is, does nothing for me. And, and I've had to be quickened in my life to know that it's not about me. It's not about me feeling something in chill bumps. Or, or something like that when we're in here because it's about me giving back to Him. And so I've had to do some repenting over that. And sure, are there songs that I would rather sing in here and praise and worship than others? Yes. But I'm not the one that's spending time in prayer getting things ready to, to help lead people into praise and worship either. Now, it's our job, each and every one of us, before we come in here, we need to have a time besides here on Sunday and Wednesday to spend time with God in praise and worship and to prepare ourselves not to have the, the ones that are standing up here doing the only preparation for us to come back and sing praises to our God as one and in unity together. But I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about some examples in the Bible of, of people that, that praised God and, and did it through whatever was going on. So in Habakkuk chapter 3, and in verse 17, and this is a King James Version, he said, although the fig tree, in this chapter we'll look back, if you look back and read the first chapter, it's a prayer that he turned into, that's a song, that he was writing as a song and, and a prayer unto God. And, and the children of Israel, and they were going through times and, and troubles and tribulation, and, and he wrote this. And, but in verse 17 we come down, and it says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat, and the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. 
And so if we go back to verse 17, it says, Though everything else fails, though everything around me has fallen, it feels like, you know, I go to the doctor and he tells me one thing that's not what I want to hear. I go to work and it's this way and that way. And, and it, it doesn't look bright. My future doesn't. And, and these things doesn't feel right in my life. My family's not doing right. My children need to be saved. They're not turning their life to God. And I'm, I'm concerned about them. I'm worried about them. Or, and, and though all these things, in verse 18 though, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet I will rejoice. And, or that word rejoice means praise. We look at other versions. It says praise the Lord. I will praise in the Lord because I will join the God of my salvation. And that's what we're here for. We're not here and, and we're talking about Pastor Appreciation Month. He's here to help us through and, 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 to, and to pray with us. But we use God as the same thing as we use Him as just a time to gripe and complain. We use the pastor as the same thing if we don't watch it. And so, I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and He will make <laughs> my feet like hind feet, and, and He will make me to walk upon high places. And so, when we rejoice in the Lord and we praise Him through whatever's going on, we're built up. We're built up. And why? And, and all this that we do in here, sure, it's not for us, but yes, we will see things move in our life. We sing the song, Break Every Chain. Paul and Silas in the prison, and if they hadn't started praying and praising God, the walls would not have fell and the chains would not have broken their life. But they did, and so that brought them to a point with, with, with their relationship with God and they could overcome anything that went on in their life, even though if it doesn't seem like, like we, can, we can go on or go forth or, or do whatever, when we come to praise God in spirit and in truth as He's commanded us to, as He's told us to, then we'll see these things change in our life. And so, <clears throat> let's look. We need to be like Habakkuk and, and rejoice in the God of our salvation each and every day. And we come in here, and, and I've done it numerous times. I'll stand there, and I used to be up front here, and, you know, I, I don't raise my hands all the time. And we're going to read seven Hebrew words, and you may all know them, and you may have read them about praise and worship. It's nothing new. You can Google uh, Hebrew words for praise and worship. It'll bring up these seven. And, and so, but, and it talks about raising our hands and dancing and, and rejoicing. But raising your hands doesn't mean you're praising God. I've raised my hands before standing here so other people think I was praising God. Think I was in worship. Oh, look at Mark. Now, he's, he's on the front row. He's doing what he's supposed to. He's got his hands raised. I'm on the front, and only the people up here can see my sweat stains from my shirt, and so, and and so I don't have to worry about it, and and you know, but we we worry about what other people think. If I didn't raise my hand, and and I'm and I'm standing there, thought, you know, they don't think that I'm in I'm in I'm in praise and worship, but it's not what you think about me that involves me in praise and worship. It's about God, and it's about Him alone, and it's about Him alone. And it's about what Jesus done for us on that cross is why that we get into praise and worship. And so, you know, it's, we, we get self-conscious about it. Am I doing it right? Am I singing right? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't say in the Bible that we have to sing great to praise God, does it? It doesn't say that we have to lift our hands a certain way or we have to lift our hands at all. That's a cause and a sign of us in praise and worship with God, but that's not 
that's not defining about how we praise God and how close we are to God, whether we lift our hands or not. Whether we run around the church, whether we, you know, lay prostrate on the floor, does not say, well, you know, if I saw that, I'd, he's in tune with God right there because he's he's laying down and and he's and and he he's whoever if we, if that happens in here because we get you know pastors up here well you know it's not politically correct and we we hear that all the time. You know, we get too much church etiquette correct to where we don't want to do anything in the church besides, well, that's not proper. You know, I can't, you know, somebody runs around, well, they're in the flesh. I feel that they're in the flesh. Well, it's not for you to judge what they are. I mean, if, 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 they're, if they're doing something that God's told them to do and impressed on their heart to do, and whether you like it or not, God's told them to do that. And if, and if word and ministry comes out of it, then God's told them to do that whether you liked it or not. So, so it's not for us to decide. And we put dampers in, and we see everybody in here. We know everybody. We're close-knit as a church family. And we start thinking, you know, I've, I've done something at home. And, you know, Gabby's standing beside me. And I'm like, she's going to think, why is he raising his hands? What he said last night? Or what he did this time? And, and, and so... That's the devil putting condemnation on us instead of us throwing all that aside and closing our eyes when we're in praise and worship is a great thing. That way you're not seeing what everybody else is doing. And I've been guilty of it for... Raise my hands. Anybody else raising their hands? All right, I'm good. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. And we all do it, but it's not the right thing to do. We close our eyes in praise and worship. We don't worry about the looks on the faces of the praise and worship team or if they messed up on a song or didn't get the words right at the time and then, and, and so where Amanda is just off key and you can't... But, <laughs> joking, Amanda, you're not. You're doing a fine job. And we don't worry about those things, but we worry about in, engaging in a time with God when it's us giving back to Him. And that's the only, that's the only reason that we come. We, we want to come a lot of times to church to get fed and to get served, and to, and to sit up at the table and have like our mamas used to do and just put our food on a table, on our plate, and then feed us with it instead of us doing anything to preparation ourselves. But we've got to come here ready to worship and ready to praise, and that's what Habakkuk did. He said, no matter what's going on, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So, so it, the devil also tried to get us to think that we're not worthy enough. We're not holy enough to... To, and, and come and engage in that time with Him. And it's not just here. We'll do it at home. He'll do it at home also wherever we're at, whatever's going on. You know, He'll put stuff in our mind that we've known we've asked forgiveness for, that we've known we've asked for things in our life to change, and yet, yet we come to God and the devil's like, well, you really can't be doing this right now because of this and this. But then we've got to go back to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10. It talks about the sacrifice that God made, or that Jesus made. And it says, By which we are all sanctified through the... Let me read out the New Living Translation. For God's will for us was made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So that means to me, the King James says sanctified, which means holy. So that means I'm holy enough and I'm worthy enough to come before Him in praise and worship. He did it once for all time. The sacrifices that they'd done back on the old law does not matter anymore. There's, all, all sacrifice, we come to Him in spirit and in truth 
It's all sacrifices that we bring to Him and our praise and our offering is a good smelling incense to Him. It doesn't matter how good we sound, how proper we sound, how, how things are looking in our life right now, because at that point in time, if we come to Him, knowing that I'm worthy enough and I'm, I'm, I'm holy enough to come to His presence, then that could be the breaking point and that could be the time when the things fall around in our life and they change for the better because we're doing what the Bible told us to do. We're doing what He told us to do and we're not worried about anything else. And so, and so always remember, if you're a child of God, you're, you're, we're not working under sanctification, I don't believe, at all because that says I'm sanctified, that Christ sanctified me. And I'm not, there was a song that I used to listen to by, you might remember Carmen, you remember him? And it says, I hunger for holiness. And, and, it's, and it's a decent song, and I've got to thinking about it lately. I've got it on my iPod, and I've, I know it's a 20-year-old song, but I still listen to stuff like that. And, and it says, Lord, I hunger for holiness. But I got to, God quickened that into me after I read this. I'm not hungering for holiness anymore. I'm holy because He made me holy. He said I'm holy. It's not... It's not something that we've got to, we're growing into holiness. That's like we grow our faith. We work our faith. We're holy. We're righteous. That's how He sees us each and every day. And nothing, nothing can change that. So, so don't ever think that you're not holy enough or worthy enough. And so we come in here and we, we think of ourselves and think, well, God really hadn't done nothing for me this week. You know, I don't. I don't see why I should have to come in here and praise and worship and I don't feel like it this week. If we ever get that way, we need to go back to what we sang about this morning. About how that He hung on the cross and died for our sins. How He made us pure as spotless white as snow. As He made was the final sacrifice. And if we can't think of anything else to praise God for and to come into praise and worship, that should be the main thing. That should be the first and foremost thing that we praise Him for all the time for saving our life. Because all of us were lost. All of us were dying. All of us were as lost as the guy that shot 50 people in, in Las Vegas last week. As lost as him. And so we have something to praise God for each and every day because that, that he done this for us. David, he wrote 150 chapters of Psalms, didn't he? Plus you look back in Chronicles, there's more of his praises to God of how we praise God and how we thank God for bringing Him up in Psalms. I think the next one, Bo, was what? Psalms chapter 40? Am I getting ahead of you or am I, am I, am I still on? I was telling a guy last night that I write these notes and I write stuff down and my dad's always been good at outlines. And he tried to show me when I first started out 12 years ago. You write these outlines and then you go back and you just write the high points. And, well, and I get up here and then I start talking and then I forget. I'm just all over the place sometimes. Then I go back and try to get back online, and I've already said something that I was supposed to say later on down the line. So, so me and notes do not go good all the time. <laughs> but, but in Psalms chapter 40 and verse 1, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair. Out of the mud and the mire, he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. I like this one. He praised God. He says, Give me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many shall see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. So we pulled him up. David knew where his strength come from. 
David knew who was the one that he could turn to no matter what was going on. And he turned to him in praise and worship and then sang to God about what he had done for him. He pulled him up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. He set him on a rock. He put a new song in his mouth. If we're saved, if, if we know, if we have a relationship with God, He has put a new song in our mouth. Those things that we used to sing about and do in our old life cannot be what we sing about anymore. That's got to be gone. The things of, of despair and, and depression and, and different things that's, that's happened in our life. we got a new song in our mouth. We've got a song of victory, a song of, that we're overcoming and that we're overcomers and that we're the head and not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. And so we've got, to, we've got to remember that each and every day as we get up because Satan's right there all the time to put those back in our heads, those thoughts back in our mind. But we'll come back to, to this, to David, as he said, and give us a new song and set us on a rock and, and gave us a new path to go. And, and so I want to read these seven, these seven Hebrew words. And, you know, I give my dad a lot of credit. He does... A lot of study. A lot of study. He does a lot of Greek and Hebrew word study. And I sit back and I'm like, I can do that. And then I get into it and he uh, he does a lot of study. <laughs> and so, but like I said, this is nothing that I come up with. This, I, I, I actually, I've been fortunate enough where I work and the job I'm in now. I don't have a boss hoarding over me all the time, just bird dogging me, as we call it. And so, you know, I've been standing at this cabinet making up these, making up wires, terminating, terminating wires for some stuff that we're doing. And so, you know, I'm up there by myself on this mezzanine, and, and I'm not really supposed to have headphones in my ear, but where I'm at and what I'm doing, if an alarm goes off, I can hear it. So I'm, I'm not around anything. So I've been listening to a lot of preaching the past week. And preaching, I found, you know, some stuff on praise and worship. And it's not that I'm preaching anything that they had, but I've got a Bible from Kenneth Copeland. And it's got about yay much notes in the front of it, a lot of his sermons. And he said, these are not, this is from God. He said, I didn't, I didn't copyright these. This is not exact words. But, and he said, he said, I want people to use these that, I, that God's given me and, and to use the words that he's given me to help somebody else. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with hearing things and listening to other people. And then if it's good for you it's gotta, and it's good for the body of Christ, then, then share those things. Share them. So these are seven Hebrew words for praise. And the first one, and we all, like I said, you all may have heard it. If not, then you'll hear some Hebrew today, is Hallel. And it's our word, hallelujah. We say hallelujah all the time. You know, it's one of the first words we go to. Well, hallelujah and, and glory and amen and all this stuff. And it says, it means to be clear, to praise, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. Clamorously foolish. And, and so we come in here, and that's what I was talking about our church etiquette, to where we're not clamorously foolish because we're self-conscious about what everybody else is going to think. And so we've got to get past ourselves and past what everybody else is going to think and do what God's told us to do. And if he's, told us, if he's told us to be clamorously foolish for him in praise, then we need to be clamorously foolish for him in praise. You know, I've been to churches where they come up around the front and everybody praises or, or people's running around the church. And we've done it here. And, 
and I've said this before, if you don't watch it, they'll get in the flesh and just, and just do it for show. There's people that do, and there is. But that will show itself. That will come to light. But if we do and praise how God's telling us to, then God's going to get the glory and honor, and people are going to be blessed around us because we're obeying God. That's the main thing. The next, um, we're going to, in Psalms chapter 113, and verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O you servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. Praise or hallel. Sing hallelujah to the name of the Lord. And, and so, all you servants of the Lord, so it's telling us to praise the Lord. That's not just because it's in the Old Testament doesn't mean it's just children of Israel. It's us. Praise the Lord, you servants of the Lord. Um, in Psalms 150, did I put that one on there? Is it 149, Bo? Yeah, 150 in verse 1. It says, praise or hallel the Lord. Praise hallel the God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. Or New Living Translation, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise or hallel. That's, that's the Hebrew word that it's talking about here for praise. The next one is And it means extended, extended hand. It's a verb. So it's doing something. You know, verb means actions, doesn't it? It's the next Hebrew word. It says, to throw out the hand, therefore to worship with extended hand, to lift the hands. And so, and so when we lift our hands, we're, sing, we're praising God. It's an act of praise, an act of worship. And, and so we're doing something, we're action. And, and in Psalms, or sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 21, <coughs> it said, when he has... When he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and they should praise the beauty of the holiness. And they went out before the army, and he said, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. They were out praising. They were lifting their hands. They were singing praises to his name. Um, in Psalms chapter uh, 63 and verse 1, I said, O oh God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsts for Thee. My flesh longs for Thee in a dry and weary land where no water is. And, and so he said, So I will bless Thee as long as I live. I will seek Thee. I will bless Thee. He said, I will lift up my hands in Thy name. I long for Thee. And so the next word is toda. I believe I'm saying that right. T-O-W-D-A-H. Toda. And it's also mean extension of the hand in adoration or acceptance. Um, and so when we're extending our hands, we're not just doing it to show for other people around us. We're doing it for God. He, we want Him to accept our praise and our worship before Him. And so we're lifting and praising and raising our hands, singing praises unto God. And in Psalms chapter 50 and verse 14, it's talking about offering unto God praise or toda and pay thy vows to the Most High God. It's offering to God thanksgiving or praise and pay thy vows unto the Most High. That's toda, that's offering up, that's doing something, that's action. Um, Psalms chapter 50 and verse 23. Whosoever offereth praise glorieth me or toda 
and, and to him that ordereth this, this conversation, all right, will I show the salvation of the God, of, of my God. And so it's, it's, it's in our conversation. It's how we do. It's what we say. Praise and worship is not in here. A life of praise is how we live each and every day. We live a life of praise to Him, just adoration to Him, and thankfulness to Him, to where we're coming to Him, and, and when you know we can we can go through the aisles at Walmart or wherever we're at, and and just thanking God and praising Him. We ain't we ain't got to run down the aisle. We ain't got to just get all crazy and do all this kind of stuff. But we can thank God at all times. It's a life of praise and worship. Amen. The next one is Shabbat. It means to shout to address in a loud tone to command a triumph. To shout. To shout praises unto God. That's when we, we shout hallelujah or, 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 we're, or we're singing, we're, we're shouting, we're speaking. We're, we're, we want the world to know, we want Satan to know that he's our God and we're going we're gonna to worship and praise him no matter what's going on in our life. You know, we have no problem with, you know, husband and wife at times, have no problem with shouting at each other. We have no problem with shouting at our kids. You know, I had no problem yesterday when I was listening to the radio and Bama was on the on the radio and they, they had an intersection. I'm like, whoa! And Gabby's just looking at me. What are you doing? Or I get up out of my chair in a recliner if I'm watching the game and I do something and I jump up, wake her up on the couch. I have no problem doing that. I was at a Bama game two or three weeks ago. 100,000 people there shouting for a team that's playing a game. So this is our life. We want to shout. We want to shout. And, and part of that shouting is, is, you know, that walking around the house, not shouting at each other, but shouting in praise to God can make a difference in our life, can make a difference in our home life, in our family life, to where we praise and worship Him in our home, and our children see us do that, not just here on Sunday mornings, not just here, you know, for 15, 20 minutes do we praise, but our children see that. And they can see how that's supposed to be done, and we're training them. And so, it's, it's to shout, to address in a loud tone. Now, Psalms chapter 47 and verse 1. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So, we're triumph this morning, right? We're triumphant. He's already won the war. We've got the victory. So, we've got plenty to shout about in our life. Psalms 145. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 6. Cry out and shout, the inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Great is He. He said, when two or three are gathered together, my name there, am I in the midst of them. So we're here gathered in His name. He's in the midst of us. We have something to shout about. We have something to praise about. And, and so we have, this is Shabbat. Cry loud and shout, Shabbat for joy the inhabitants of Zion, for great is in the midst of the Holy One of Israel. The next one is Barak. It means to kneel down, to bless God as an act of adoration or salute. To kneel down. As they would a king back, you know, we've all seen the movies back in the day, they would kneel down as a king passed by. The king's here with us now, and there's nothing wrong with us there in praise and worship and, and to kneel down. We don't have to come to the altar to kneel down. We can kneel down in our chairs. We can kneel down. We're, it's, it's an act of obedience unto Him. We can kneel down and praise Him in such show of adoration and love to Him and respect to Him that, that we're willing and, and ready to do whatever He tells us to do. 
an act of praise. An act of praise. Barak. Oh, let's see. Psalms. First Chronicles. Sorry. Chapter 29 and verse 20. It says, then, did I, is that one next, Bo, or did I get ahead of you? Oh, well, I'll just read it. <laughs> First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 20. It says, then David said unto all the assembly, now bless Barak, the Lord your God, and all the assembly, blessed Barak be the Lord, the God of our fathers, and bowed, and bowed low and did homage or praise to the Lord and to the King. He bowed down. He said, give God, give, give praise to the Lord your God. And so the entire assembly praised their Lord. And, and they bowed down and knelt before the king. They bowed down and knelt before him. Next one is Zamar. It means, i got two left. It means to pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing praise. It's a musical word that is just a joyful expression of music with musical instruments. And so that's why we do it now. We don't have a harp. David played a harp and other stringed instruments. And I wouldn't know how to play a harp. My boss, his son is very musically gifted and talented. And they bought him a harp a few years ago. And my boss plays a guitar. And he was, he was like, all right, we'll get you a harp. And so they got it for him for Christmas. And he's, I think he was 13, 14 years old. And he learned how to tune a harp and play it by himself. And it's like, well, all right then. So more power to him. And, and so, but we have Gary. And, and Christian on the guitar, playing stringed instruments, singing, playing praises to our God. Christian on the drums. And so this is how we do it now, and Jamie on the keyboard. And, and it's, it's part of a string. Pianos have strings. When they, if we had a piano in here, it'd have strings on it. So it's just an electronic string on your instrument, Jamie. So, and so it's, it's to give praises to God through song, through music. And it's just an expression. You know, I, I'm doing a a side job for this, this guy in Priceville. And he goes to the Church of Christ in Hartzell, and, you know, if that's where he wants to go, that's fine. It's like I told him. We, we believe that, you know, that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is our Lord. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. Whether you have music in church or not, I, I'm not going to debate that with you. But I like music in church. I like music when I listen to music and or listen to the radio. And so... He's, he was telling me that his son is a senior at Priceful, um, was leading some music at church, leading some of their singing. And I said, just jokingly, I said, well, what instrument did he play? And he just, he kind of looked at me. And I said, I'm, I'm joking. It's just a little humor. I know you go to, well, he said, well, I go to Church of Christ. We don't believe in music. I said, I know. I'm just going on with you. Just take a joke. I know you didn't play instrument in church and music. But, you know, that's, well, that's another sermon for another day. They could, we could get in debate and talk about that, but, but that's not what we're here for. And so, in Psalms chapter 34 and verse 1. Is that the next one, Bo? Nope, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of you. Let's go to Psalms chapter 21 and verse 13. Just a couple down. Be exalted, Lord, in thy own strength, so we will sing and praise thy power. Or, or this version, it says, Be exalted in all strengths. So the praise there is Zamar. We will sing and praise with stringed instruments, and we will sing and praise in thy, for thy power. And in First Chronicles chapter sixteen and verse nine, it says, "Sing to him, sing praises, Zamar to him, speak of all his wonders." And so the the last one, so if I can get this word right, 
is tehel. Yes, that word. Tehel. We're going to say tehel. It's T-E-H-I-L-L-A-H. So you can pronounce it how you want to. And look it up. I thought about you can put on Google, you know, for them to say the words, but they mess it up sometimes. So I don't want them to speak out and say something that ain't right. And so it means the singing of hallels or hallelujahs to sing loud is perceived to involve music, especially singing, hymns of the spirit of praise. And so it's the singing of hallelujahs, how we do, how we do here, how, we, how I do in my vehicle going to work. You know, I, I, there's nothing wrong with you going down the road, and I've done it before. I don't close my eyes while I'm going down the road. I don't think that would be safe. But going down the road and listening to some good praise and worship music that talks about God and, and, and just lifting my hands in the vehicle and praising Him. Nothing wrong with it. And people drive by and, you know, I've done, you know, what, is, what does they do? And I'm singing. I'm glad they can hear me, but I'm singing. And, and so we don't have to be ashamed. In our vehicle, there's nobody else around. It's just us and God and, and the road. We have nothing else to do. But, but have, we can have that time with Him, singing and praising His name. And in Psalms chapter 22 and verse 3, it says, Yet that oh, he ain't got it up there. I'll just read. Yet thou art holy, O thou art enthroned upon the praise, the praises, the Tel of Israel. Thou art holy. And so that's the one we're praising. In Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3, it says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Beauty for ashes, the joy of the oil of joy for mourning. We've mourned too much in our life. We need joy in our life. And, and we're going to have joy when we praise God in spirit and in truth. When we do as He told the woman at the well in John chapter 4, when, he, when we all know the story where He come to the, to, to the Samaritan and, and, and he's, he's getting water and she, you know, He pretty much reads her book. She, he didn't know her. He, didn't, he had never met her before. But she said she wasn't married. We know the story where she said, he said, well, I know you're not married. You're, you've had five husbands, now you're living with another. And so he pretty much just, just, just read, read, read her script. And she said, I perceive you're a prophet. And, and she said, well, we're a Samaritan, and we're supposed to praise on this mountain, and you Jews say to praise on this mountain, where we're supposed to praise. This is where, and this is how we're supposed to praise now. We're under the new covenant, the, the, the blood of Jesus and we don't have to go to a certain mountain to pray. We can praise right here. But in verse 21 it says, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when we shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know, you know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. It's not for the Jews. It don't say that. It's not just for Jews. It's for us. It's just of the Jews because he was of that descent. So, but the hour cometh, and now is. And now is. So if it was now is back then, it's now is now, right? So it's not, it's, it's past tense because we're reading it here, but it's present tense because I'm reading it now. And it's the living Word of God. It says, When true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Spirit and in truth. Not 
me wondering about if everybody's wondering if I'm close enough to God that I'm raising my hands and worried about everything going on around me. It's me in spirit and in truth. This adoration to God. And so, for the Father, next verse, seeketh such to worship Him. And so, why spirit and truth? It says, for God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's not just a, a suggestion. It's not just a thing, well, I'll lift my hands and people think I'm in spirit and in truth worshiping Him. He said, no, you must worship Him in spirit and truth because He's a spirit. He's the one that made all of this possible, that made all of this. And so we don't have time in these last days, and we hear this all the time, that this is the last days. This is the last days. And I don't know if, if I told in here or not several... It's been a couple months ago whenever the, the hurricane was coming up through and there was fires out in the... out like five, five or six states out west. And Hallie come and we, I was laying in bed... And she come in there, and Gabby was at work, so I was about to go to sleep, and she comes in there to tell me good night and give me a kiss on the cheek because she's still my baby girl. And so she come in there, and, and she said, Daddy, do you think this is the last days? And I said, it's been the last days since Jesus ascended back to heaven and told us to be ready, to be prepared. She said, well, you know, I, I, I know these hurricanes are coming up and destruction in Houston and the one, I think it was Irma about to come up through and the wildfires and all this stuff. And I said, sure, the Bible talks about different things going on and earthquakes and, 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 all, and wars and rumors of wars and we can read that and somebody tried to say that what, September 23rd was going to be the last day of the world and they said that September 24th it got postponed. It's another day. They, they were off just a little bit. And so, and I said, I said, but we can't be, we can look at these things, and I don't know whether to look at them as a direct sign from God. The direct sign that I see from God is that He said He's going to come back one day, and no man knows the day, the time, or the hour, not even the Son of Man. He said, you just got to be ready for when that trumpet sounds and He comes back. And she said, well, sometimes, she said, I know I'm ready. I said, I just don't feel like I'm good enough sometimes. And that's the thought of the church a lot today is that they don't feel like they're good enough. And that's why we don't enter into our praise and worship, like I said earlier, like we need to because we don't feel like we're good enough. But it's like I said, when Jesus called us righteous, when Jesus calls us holy, and Jesus calls us worthy, then we're good enough to be ready and be prepared for the day of His coming. We're ready, we're good enough and ready to come in here and praise Him. We're, we're good enough and ready to, to go out and, and witness to others and, and live out the Great Commission as He's commanded us to. We're ready for that. We're good enough for that. We're bold enough for that. Brother Stan prayed this morning that I would have boldness. And I pray for that all the time. It's easy. I tell them at the nursing home when I go over there, it's great and easy to go over there or stand up here and preach the Word of God because I know I'm preaching to a group of believers this morning. I don't believe there's anybody in here that's not saved and on the way to heaven. So it's easy. What's, what's not easy is going out to work each and every day or going outside these four walls, which is what we're called to do, and, and showing others that we're the, we, we believe the living Word of God and we're going to speak that out to them. You know, would it be easy to stand up in a group of sinners this morning or non-believers or ones that I know are on the way to hell that or in a club somewhere and preach like I'm doing now. I don't know. I would like to say yes. 
And when I, when I, if that time ever happens, then, then I, I need to be ready. And the only way I'm going to be ready is in time of praise and worship with Him, is in time in this Word, knowing what it says to build myself up, to build my faith up, to when, when that time comes and I can do what I'm called to do. And so we need to, we need to live our life each and every day that He is coming. And not as a scared kind of way, but as a way knowing that there's others out there that's lost and dying in this world. I don't know how many of those that got killed out in Las Vegas were believers. You know, we can look at them and say, well, they was at a country concert, and that guy's not a good guy, and all this kind of stuff. I cannot judge their relationship with God. That's not for me to judge. That's for Him and God. And so, all we can do is pray for God's comfort on their families, and, and God's comfort on the ones and healing power on the ones that are being that are that are um, recovering right now that didn't lose their life. So so we need to spend more time on the majors and less on the minors. More time on the Word of God and being with Him in time of praise and worship, and less on all these other little things that get in our way. So that's the main thing. See, I'll stand this morning.